1: Episode number 14. In today's episode, I talk to Heather Haight. Heather is an author, a mindset coach, and also a podcaster. In today's episode, Heather and I talk about her quitting her corporate job, running as a form of meditation, and not living by default. Stay tuned, because I know that you will love this episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Heather Hakes. Heather, thank you so much for being here.
2: I'm stoked to be on. Thank you for reaching out.
1: Yeah. First off, before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself to be ordinary or badass?
2: Badass.
1: I love it. Have you always felt that way?
2: You know, to be honest, I don't know if you've heard of or read the books by Jen Sincero, but you are a badass and you are a badass at making money and you are a badass every day. And what I love about her is like, yes, your your language, how you speak to yourself is everything. So if you think you're a loser or you think you're a badass, that's what you're going to be.
1: Totally. I love that. So first off, will you share a short bio with the audience?
2: Sure. I am based in Denver, Colorado. I am an author host of the mind over matter podcast and a mindset coach. Great.
1: So let's talk a little bit about your wins. Will you share with us what you were most proud of accomplishing?
2: Oh gosh. Um, do you know, for me, especially being a mindset coach, I, I teach from experience. My content is all based on, you know, I'm, I'm walking the talk. And uh, a big accomplishment that I had earlier this year, I ran a full marathon. And the reason that was huge for me, running has always been a passion since I was a young girl. I'd be like, bye, mom. And I'd go run (laughs) five miles. And now as an adult, I realize running is a moving meditation. However, back in 2011, I ran a half marathon. I didn't train properly. I was in a lot of pain for weeks after. And I created this mental block around running and that running equals pain but running was my passion. So for years I I was afraid of running because I remember running equals pain and then something happened in the summer of 2018. I was doing box jumps with a personal trainer and I more than cleared the highest height of a box jump and I didn't think I could jump. So something in that moment clicked and I realized I'm going to run a full marathon. I decided I was going to push past that that block, that mental story I had created, that running equals pain, and I wanted to prove that I could do it. So anyway, long story short, five months training, I stuck to the plan this time. I took care of myself, you know, mind, body, spirit, and I grew so much physically, emotionally, and spiritually during that marathon, I crushed it the day of the race and doing, pushing myself past my comfort zone, letting fear fuel me, not rule me is proof that we can literally do anything we put our mind to. So I'm most proud of that.
1: I love that. What's something most people don't know about what it took to accomplish that moment?
2: Oh, man, talk about it. its self-discipline, it's it was so much mental because literally, and I remember reading, I think it was in Hal Higdon's book about running marathon, but the body can achieve whatever the mind can conceive. And so when I was out there doing the long runs, I remember the 20 miler being so intimidated by running 20 miles. But you literally, it's just taking one step in front of the other. And that's what we do. We overwhelm ourselves with big pictures, just one step at a time.
1: Totally. I love that. I got to know because I have run a marathon or a couple of marathons too. What was the longest you ran before doing the, your first marathon?
2: Oh, that half marathon eight years prior
1: you hadn't run more than the 13.2 miles before doing your full marathon. No, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Was that pretty intimidating going into it then?
2: Well, I even starting from scratch before I started training for the marathon, I hadn't run more than like two miles in a very long time. So I remember four miles felt huge. And then when I stepped up and then I got to six mi- you know, it, it was a progressive, but it took five months of training. And it yeah. was just focusing on one run at a time, not five months of training, one run at a time.
1: So you mentioned earlier that running has become kind of a form of meditation. Can you expand on that?
2: Sure. Um, a lot of people think meditation, they have to sit on a cushion, back against a wall, try to silence their thoughts. That is not meditation at all. The fact is when you meditate, thoughts are going to come. And my mom has taught me that think of when that happens when you're trying to be in a quiet space it's not about quieting your thoughts they're going to come so it's more like she taught me think of them as clouds and let them come and let them pass by and for me meditation is more about it's connecting to that internal source it's quieting the chatter and 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 getting that intuitive guidance and so For me, meditation literally can be hiking. It can be walking in nature. It can be walking around the block. Um, For some people, you know, dancing and simply moving their body can be a moving meditation. So whatever it is that makes you feel zen and at peace and connected, that can be meditation. Totally.
1: So when you run, do you listen to music or anything or do you just have it silenced?
2: It depends on the run. And so for me, running or even out walking my dog, sometimes I will do no music. A lot of times I do like music or podcasts or I listen to channels on YouTube. But when I am in that clear space, running allows me to be so present that I'm not focused on my to-do or the past or the future or the whatever. I'm so present that I connect with and I get the aha moments or I get inspired thought. And so that's how running is meditative for me.
1: Nice. So let's talk a little bit about your struggles. Tell us or share with us a time that you gave up, but now you wish you wouldn't have.
2: Um, I can't say that I've really, to give up. I don't know that I have a specific scenario or example that say, oh, I totally threw in the towel and I walked away and Dan, now I, I have all this regret. But yeah, let's talk about struggle. I struggle all the time and I get in monkey mind or I go down the rabbit hole or I have self-doubt or... Um, I have resistance and limiting beliefs, like we all have struggles. And what I've come to realize is it's not about fighting those. Don't suppress and repress and, and you don't want to feel those things. Instead, feel one, I've learned to recognize I am not my thoughts. So whatever I'm thinking, those negative things or the self-doubt, the limiting, but I am not those things. It's just a thought. So being aware, recognizing it, and then letting it go.
1: That's so good. So, is there anything specific that you say to yourself kind of is it just saying I am not my thoughts or like if you're beating yourself up is there anything specific that you say to yourself?
2: It's not always something I say to myself, but when I when I find myself in that fog, maybe it's reaching out to a friend. A lot of times it's my mom because she knows me best and she doesn't allow me to sit in that self-pity or whatever. So sometimes it's reaching out to a friend. Sometimes it's going for a run, but the big thing is when you're stuck in a funk, when you're feeling stuck, I've learned this through Tony Robbins. You need to change your physiology, your language, and your focus. And so whether that's getting up literally and dancing, jumping jacks, walking around the block, whatever it is, changing your physiology means get up and move. Because normally if you're in a funk, you're probably sitting, your posture is slouched. So change your physiology, whatever that may be then to change your focus. So obviously to stop marinating in the funk and just change your language. And so, yeah, for me, it's, it might be affirmations. I am statements, uh, you know, that I can do this or I am powerful. I am determined. I am whatever. When I was running training for that race, the the constant I am statement for me was I am a finisher.
1: I love that. So is that something you've always done is, said like I am sedatements or said these positive reminders to yourself?
2: I'm currently 34 years old, but I've been into personal development literally since I was 15. I've read, if you want to call them self-help books, whatever you want to call them, since I was 15. The Four Agreements was one of my first. And I've been into psychology for years. And so I've always studied this stuff, but I say that I've really, really fully immersed myself in it in the last, I want to say about five years. And and attending the seminars, I have my own coaches. And so just understanding the power, I am 100% responsible and control of my reality. And knowing that, it's nothing outside of me knowing that, then, you know, it's creating that morning routine, creating a winning formula, journaling, uh, the mantras, the affirmations. It's It's a constant thing. So...
1: I don't know about you, but for me, it's always been kind of a roller coaster. Like I'll get into it and I'll be great at doing it. And then I'll go away from it and then go back. Has that been your case at all?
2: For sure. I think, you know, you, you like anything in life, you ebb and flow. Sometimes you're killing it. You're like just feeling good. You have all this momentum and then something will happen and you kind of sit back. And what I've come to realize is you have to have self-love and you have to have compassion for yourself to know that you're not always going to be on, you're going to have low moments or off days. And my friend actually told me this this morning. She was, we were texting and she said, it's okay to not be okay. It's just not, not okay to stay there.
1: Yes. And that's exactly, it's easier to stay there. It's easier to not do anything, but you're never going to get out of it. You know, unless you get up and move or do something to change it. Like you said,
2: well, I, number one it's being aware, but those are just habitual patterns. You've just been stuck in these self-defeating behavior. And so once you become aware and you want change, maybe you're just so sick and tired of the way you've been living. Now that you want change, it's okay. Seeking, what can I do to change the patterns, my beliefs, my thought, you know, whatever it is.
1: So what do you think the first step to change is?
2: being aware, wanting, wanting change. So feeling for me, when I I quit corporate two and a half years ago, for me, it was, I couldn't be, I couldn't feel like a hamster on a wheel anymore. I couldn't go through life's motions, cheering on Friday, dreading Monday, week in and week out until I could retire. That was not a way of living for me.
1: So just being sick and tired of it. (laughs)
2: everybody has their own breaking point. And you don't have to get to the point that you have a breaking point. If you have that little internal nudge, you're meant for more, or you need change, you need to get out of that relationship, you need to leave that job, whatever it is, follow the nudge.
1: So you've left your corporate job, and you now have your own business and your own podcast. I'm sure there's been some hardships along the way. Can you talk about a hardship that you faced?
2: It's funny you bring that up. I actually, I have a weekly mastermind with two other entrepreneurs and that's so important is to surround yourself by like-minded people. And we have been so regular about having that weekly call every Wednesday morning and we help each other because you don't know what you don't know. And when you have people outside, they can help you with the stumbling blocks. And yeah, entrepreneurship, it's not easy. It's not instant gratification like we get from social media and other things. Entrepreneurship, if you want to dive into personal development, become an entrepreneur because talk about the ebb and the flow and, and the literally I, maybe you've seen the memes, but like there's a graph that shows you know some people's life it's just like starting here and then going up. The graph of an on, entrepreneur is like circles and ups and downs and it's messy. But totally. for me, it's embracing the quote "perceived mess. And persevering.
1: O to be listeners, did you hear what Heather just said? I wanted to take a second and pause and talk about this. She said it's about taking your perceived mess and persevering. This is so important. We often believe that just because we're a mess or just because we fail means we should just quit or give up, or that we will never get better. But that's so far from the truth. We can take our messes and have them improve us and make us better and learn something from them. But it's all about your frame of mind and how you think of it. Matter of fact, if you remember back in episode number four, I talked to Judy Carter about your mess is your message. She said that oftentimes what we think is our mess becomes your message in life, becomes something that's so big or so important if you use it to propel you forward. So you might want to check back to episode four to see what she had to say about it. But the point here is don't let your mess stop you. Don't let your mess define you, at least not in a bad way. Use it to propel you forward, to do great things. Make it part of your story. Let's get back to the show.
2: Are you married or a parent? Uh, I have a dog. Okay, <laughs> I
1: love it. What I'm kind of dog? dog
2: mom. What kind of dog? Uh, he's actually turned one today, but she's a little cocker spaniel. Okay, cool. What's the dog's name? Zoe. Zoe. Okay, cool.
1: So, have you struggled with societal norms at all, um, expectations about getting married or being a parent? And can you talk about oh that? Oh
2: my <laughs> gosh. And that was the big thing for me. Yes. Um, when I was younger, I thought I would be married by 25, I'd have children before 30. I'd have the house, the dog, the yard, the quote, societal norms, everything we are conditioned to do. You go to college, you get a job, you're tired and you die. I went through that rat race for a decade and I just, I had this internal nudge of that's not the life I wanted. I call it a boring ass box to be (laughs) frank. um, First of all, I'm like, who created this standard nine to five? Like that's the way we're supposed to be living. Who created it? And then why did everybody follow? Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, societal norms. I mean, I'm 34. I'm currently single. I'm out dating, but I also love the meme that you see on social media, forget other people's timing and stop comparing yourself because talk you want to take away your happiness, compare your life to someone else's. You're it's not too late. I I'm not past my prime. I'm I'm simply I'm on my own journey and I know that all the stepping stones. And I, I always think, you know, if I meet somebody and it doesn't work out, I'm always like, okay, it's going to be this or something better. And again, oh that goes back to mindset. Cause you could play pity party and poor me. I'm 34. I'm single. Nope. That's trash. <laughs> and in, instead it's kind of like, I am so grateful. Gratitude is huge, but I am so grateful. I'm in the position that I am. All the experiences I've had, that I didn't have kids in my 20s because I wouldn't have got to do all the things. I don't think I would have been ready. So it's cliche, but you've got to trust the timing of your life.
1: Yeah. So I've seen some of your Instagram stuff and it seems like you get to do a lot of traveling and stuff. And if you were married or had kids, you might not be able to do all the stuff that you're doing. So that's cool. No.
2: And yeah, even having my dog, thank goodness. I have my parents close by. They're in the state about an hour away, but Even a dog kind of has tied me down a little bit, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I I can look my social circle. They got married, you know, when you were quote supposed to, or they started kids after college and, and I'm not judging them. That was their life. And that is their journey because then, Hey, guess what? They're going to be like 40 and their kids may be grown or in high school where I'm going to just be starting, but that's okay.
1: Yeah. Everybody has their own path.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So
1: let's talk a little bit about mindset. Can you tell me about your mindset and how it has led to your badassery?
2: Ah, oh, badassery. I love that. <laughs> Honestly, I'm a work in progress. I believe that's why we're all here. Nobody is has it 100% on. Even, you know, Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, I'd be willing to bet he ebbs and flows just like the rest of us. So for me in mindset, it really, it is. It's like going to the gym. You don't go to the gym one time and have sick biceps. <laughs> You don't, you have to go continually multiple days a week and maybe it's every day. And so for me, mastering my mindset, it is a practice because I I do fall off the wagon or, um, but I'm learning, I'm learning along the way. And so it's figuring out, okay, what really works for me? Is that the morning routine? Is it self-discipline? Is it some structure? Uh, and then understanding and being aware of triggers. When am I triggered? When do I fall off? What gets me, you know, down spiral? And so it's just being aware and it's just, it's a learning process.
1: So you try to understand or identify your triggers. What do you do once you notify or notice them?
2: Well, the big thing is being triggered normally tends to deal with your emotions. So if somebody, if a situation or a person or whatever gets you angry, whoa, step back and be like, okay, why am I really pissed off right now? what made me angry? Is it something they said? Is it something they did? Whatever it may be, or it's always going to deal with emotions. And so it's having the emotional intelligence to step back, kind of step outside of yourself and, and be like, okay, what's really causing this? Because it's not the surface level thing you think. It's not whatever that person said. They triggered a subconscious situation, event from... Past. And so, if you can really become aware and realize, whoa, this is a gift. What is this here to teach me? How will this make me grow? And then, if you can figure it out to that deep, rooted, whatever it is, and heal that, you no longer get triggered. That's why every person that comes into our life, I believe, is a lesson, every experience, and we're here to teach them too.
1: So, it sounds like you just kind of ask yourself questions to get to the root of the problem. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So do you have any tips or tricks to help us improve our mindset?
2: I think, gosh, there's, there's no right one way to do that. And so that's one big thing is, is don't think, you know, like take things from Gary V that resonate with you or, or take processes from Tony Robbins or Rachel Hollis or whoever it is, take what resonates from all these different people and make your own, what I call a winning formula for sure. I think if you can start it out for, if you can do something for yourself, morning routine, self care. Because you will jumpstart your day and you'll get momentum. Otherwise, I found that if I don't do that first thing in the morning, there's a lot of times my day gets hijacked by other people's needs. So I highly, highly recommend implementing a morning routine. And it can be as little as like 20 minutes or it could be an hour. But it's it's doing whatever you need to fill up your own cup. So whether that's journaling, yoga, stretching, going for a run, jumping up and down, whatever it is, fill up your own cup to start your day.
1: So I think that as women and for all the mothers out there, it's easy to have our day hijacked by somebody else and their needs. Can you talk about that a little bit, kind of how you came to that realization that you can't let others hijack your day and what you do to combat that?
2: Sure. And I obviously, you know, like I don't have others first thing in the morning. I don't have children getting me out of bed or having late nights or whatever, but I'm very observant and I have I had my cousin on my podcast. She's a mom of four, and I hear from my girlfriends who are married with kids. I'm very—I always listen to other people and I learn from them and observe it. And what I've realized is, what happens a lot of times with moms is burnout, and this happens with dads too. Like, let's not say it doesn't happen to men, but it seems like women primarily. So anyway, women are so focused on taking care of everybody else—the kids, the the dad, the friends, the boss, the worker, coworkers, whatever—but the Fact is you cannot pour from an empty cup. And I did a whole podcast episode all about self-care. And I want women and everyone to know that self-care is not selfish. It's necessary. And you've got to make yourself a priority. You have to. It's it's not optional. And so if my cousin, the mama four, she gets up every day at five AM because she that is her guaranteed, guaranteed hour in the morning that she has the opportunity. And if that was my only guarantee, to, you bet your bottom dollar, I would be up at 5 a.m. every day filling up my cup to go on about my day.
1: Totally. So to prevent from being hijacked or letting other people take control of your day or their needs be met, are you just saying no more? Or like if it, if it doesn't align with your purpose for the day?
2: Uh, that's another thing is setting boundaries. And I think a lot of people have difficulty. They want to say yes to everything. And I I used to do that because you don't want to say no to people. I want to be helpful and be available for everyone. And then I got burnout. And so number one, it's okay to say no. It's okay to set boundaries. It's it's okay to say, I need these 15 minutes. I will get back to you. So self-care, number one, boundaries, number two.
1: Okay, great. So can you share with us one of your greatest mindset hacks for confidence and self-esteem?
2: Ah, yes. Okay, so... This is a good one. And, um, it's also part of my morning routine or if I'm just not quite feeling all in it's, I almost put on like this invisible mask. And so I used to call it my bar face in college. <laughs> I, I would go out to the bars. I didn't have to have a drink, but even if it was water or soda water in my hand, I just liked having a drink in my hand and I could become this total social butterfly. I could talk to anybody, I just, I was lit up and like on fire in that social seat. And I've learned to take that energy and that feeling into other areas of my life. And it's also literally like, maybe you've seen the little girl on YouTube, but standing in front of the mirror with the I am statements, I am smart. I am enough. I am confident. I am capable. I can't. So it's, it's ingraining that into you and Seriously, your language is so powerful. So stop saying that I can't, I'm not enough, I'm stupid, whatever. And talk yourself into your badassery.
1: Yeah. And for the ordinary to badass listeners, they could think about uh, putting a cape on. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Like
1: the mask, you know, just, I don't know. Sometimes it's just a little tip or trick like that that can help switch our brain or the way we think about things. So I like that. So do you have a mantra or meditation practice?
2: Meditation is still something it is very much a practice it's not i don 't force myself to sit down every morning or i I do so meditation for me it's something that I definitely want to bring in and, and make it more of a, a daily thing. but I actually spoke with a woman yesterday, and I loved this that she said when she tried to force meditation upon her every day to sit down and you know twenty minutes, ten minutes, whatever it was, it became more of like a routine and less of the Zen and the peace and the clarity she got from it. So for me, meditation is more of a gift to myself. And it's more like when I do it because it's a gift to myself and that peace and the clarity and the calm I get from it. It's like, why wouldn't you want to do that every day? So you've got to change the trying to force and make it happen into the, the wanting it because of what it gives you.
1: Yeah. And then I found that when I'm actually meditating too, Um, not to force myself to think about certain things or not to force myself to have to have a clear mind just to just sit with it. You know, I don't know if you've had that experience.
2: Well, yeah. And actually Kyle sees, if you've heard of him, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Um, Kyle sees, he just shared the other night that he sits down every day. I think he's been doing this for, I don't know how many weeks now, but he sits for an hour of meditation and he said the first 30 to 45 minutes, he's combating his thoughts. But when it hits like that minute 46, when he has those couple of minutes of the peace and the clarity, those 60 minutes were totally worth it.
1: Yes. I can relate to that even with writing and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to power through that first 45 minutes of whatever it is that you're doing just to, you get know, the, get to the good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Actually, even with running, like my first two or three miles of running are always death. <laughs> but after I get past that, then I hit a stride and I'm good to go. But if I had only run two or three miles and never went further, I would have been like, oh, this is horrible.
2: Well, and on that note, that's what happens with most people. Those first couple of miles or the first whatever you're going through is difficult and, and people don't want to feel uncomfortable. But if you can get confident and push past, your perceived limits, you're right. Once you get to mile 3.1, or for me, it normally takes a good four miles to feel warmed up. And I know I have to go through those first four miles of discomfort to get into my stride to feel like the, the awesome. So embrace that discomfort and keep going.
1: So is there anything that you say to yourself when you're in that moment of discomfort or you just want to quit or give up?
2: I actually, I have a band. uh, My intent makes awesome bracelets. You can have your own quote or mantra put on it. And I had a a bracelet made that says, keep going. And that's how simple it is. It's my mantra, whatever I'm in, when I feel like I want to quit, when I want to throw in the towel, whatever it may be, keep going. Cause it's like, you didn't come this far to only get this far.
1: I love that. So let's talk a little bit about tips and advice that you might have. So if you could share one tip that you wish every female knew about, what would it be?
2: I think it's that self-care because without that, you really, you have nothing.
1: Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the kind of a morning routine or meditation practice, but how else do you show yourself self-care throughout the day?
2: I treat myself and I've gotten, I literally, I'll buy myself flowers because I think so many women, they want someone else, a man or somebody to get them flowers stop waiting. If there's something you want, something you desire, treat yourself. And maybe it's treating myself to a mani or a petty, or, you know, if if it's not financial, it's letting yourself enjoy a warm cup of coffee or tea in the morning. It's giving yourself 20 minutes afternoon to read a book, whatever it is, treat yourself.
1: Yeah. That's so good. Have you ever read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron? I haven't. Oh, it's, it's really good. But Kind of part of it in there is treat yourself or maybe go to a farmer's market and buy yourself something like flowers or something that you like that's kind of, um, that feels good to you and you don't have to wait for somebody else to do it for you. You know, so that's, I don't know, I found that that's useful, but I don't think I ever did it before reading that book.
2: Well, and on that note, maybe cooking inspires you and gives you feelings of fulfillment. So cook more or bake or draw, paint, write find your creative outlet and and do more of that.
1: So how do you get inspired and stay motivated?
2: Man, I am constantly pumping in. I have, I had to go through my social media feeds, Instagram and Facebook, and I either unfollowed or unfriended people that weren't filling me up. And so I, I love Pinterest for quotes. I listen to uplifting podcasts and, and things on YouTube. When I go to the gym, I'm, pumping myself that I'm reading books. So I do it in tons of different ways, but I, every single day I am in some form or another, whether it's reading audio, whatever it may be, I'm, I'm constantly pumping in high level stuff.
1: Yeah. Just taking in content or information from different people. And then sometimes that creates a different uh, passion or lights you up in a different way.
2: Right. It it can be as simple as a a a small quote. Be like, "Yes, that's exactly what I needed to hear today." Yeah,
1: I always love when that happens. When you read something, you're like, "Oh my gosh, that's so speaking to to how I was feeling." Yes. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about badass advice, and this is more rapid fire. So, what was your turning point for accomplishing your goals and becoming a badass?
2: That I didn't want to just keep going through life's motions. I didn't want to live by default. And so for me it was taking that leap of faith, quitting corporate with no real plan, that it was literally just taking that first step. And if you can trust and follow the nudges to take the first step, everything you need, the resources, the money, the people will align.
1: Okay. So, I know I said rapid fire, but I want to do a quick deep dive into you leaving corporate and what that felt like and how you how you decided to do it because for a lot of people they'll back right out. So, can you tell yeah. us about
2: that? Let me tell you, first of all, it wasn't easy. It was really freaking scary. And I kept delaying and putting it off. I remember I originally wrote my resignate, resignation letter in March. I didn't give notice until the end of May. And so it was like, there's never going to be a right time, whether it's wanting to quit your job, start a family, get in a relationship, start a side hustle. There's never going to, you're never going to feel ready. And it's, I had to literally embrace all the anxiety I felt, the feelings of the unknown, whatever, I had to embrace it and take a leap of faith. And uh, I remember it was just, I also had my, I had a coach at the time. And so in the background, I was doing the work and working on mindset and getting some things in place before I didn't just like quit on a whim. But literally it just finally one day, I I remember it was a Thursday afternoon. I got another (laughs) shitty assignment and I was like, I don't know if I can say this, but I was like, fuck this. I can't, I can't do another day. And so I literally, I got my resignation letter. I signed it scared, shitless, sweaty palms, walked down the hallway to my boss's office. I'm like shaking a little bit. I gave him my, my letter of recommendation that I was quitting.
1: Resignation. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Resignation. Thank you. And it was scary, but you know, it was also completely liberating. And that's what I have found every time I take a leap into the unknown. When I faced my fears, I went skydiving. I, I continually push myself outside my comfort zone, but I've learned to like, literally, I get excited rather than feeling anxious and fear and all the things. I get excited and it's almost like this rush of adrenaline and it's like, what can I conquer next?
1: So did you have your side business started before or your business started before you left there? Or you just kind of left on, you know, good faith thinking it would happen.
2: I left with no real plan. I had a little bit of money in the bank and I figured, you know what, I'm going to take just a couple months off. I want to go travel and then I'll figure it out. And like Marie Forleo says, everything is figureable. And I also talked to myself before I quit. I was like, what's the worst case scenario? And I highly recommend you do that. What whatever situation you're in, think of the worst case. Worst case. My worst case scenario was I'd have to get another 9 to 5. That was the Is that so bad? No. Was it ideal? No, but I also, here's where I bring in my spirituality and like the universe has your back. I quit and it was the day after I gave my notice. uh, I found out I ended up getting a six figure payout for my company. Oh, nice. That I couldn't have planned for. Uh, It was from an IPO, something that happened like a month prior. But here's the thing. I didn't know that. I had no idea. And that's, I fully a hundred percent believe. And this didn't just happen to me. I didn't just get quote lucky. I've heard this from multiple people in many different arenas, their own. When you take a leap, you know, the net will appear. And so I just, I, my message to the listeners is literally to take that leap of faith and know that the universe has your back. You don't have to know the, how let go of the need, the control of the, how, And just let life happen. Because I couldn't have planned for that. I couldn't have.
1: So what would you say to the woman sitting in her corporate office right now, hating her job?
2: Oh, where do we begin? (laughs) Number one, is it really the job? Because if you stepped into, I'm like, I'm not a proponent. Everybody should just quit their nine to five and and go travel. Because that's not for everybody. But the truth is like to sit back and, and number one, find gratitude. What are you grateful for in that job? And then because you may realize that it's changing your mindset and maybe changing what's going on at work. Is it asking for more? Is it stepping into that next challenging role that you really want them, but you're stuck in this one? Like figure out what is the real root of the problem? Because wherever you go, there you are. So if you think it's the job, but you quit that job and you go to another job and you're still miserable, guess what the common denominator is? You. Right. So it's not the job. So really, I think it's deep diving and and asking yourself those questions. Is it the job or what am I really unhappy about? Because maybe you're really unhappy in a relationship or maybe there's a family problem or a friendship or whatever. And maybe fixing that will change in in the business part or work, whatever will be better. So be question it. Question what are you really seeking?
1: Yeah, I really like that because I think it's... it's important. Like you said, everybody doesn't need to just quit and switch to something else. It's easy to be like, oh, squirrel, you know, <laughs> see the right. next thing and just like keep moving along. But I like what you said about kind of reflecting on what's really going on here. Yeah. So we've kind of alluded to your morning routine. Can you talk about us or talk about that and tell us what, it's, what you do?
2: Sure. And I actually, I wrote about it in my book, Take the Leap. And I, again, I had to take little bits and pieces from everybody else and figure out what worked for me. And I love acronyms. So I created a great morning routine. So it's spending a minute having gratitude. Literally, I open my eyes and I'm thankful for another day. I spend a few minutes reading. Again, it's, it's first thing, not my phone, but pumping in that inspiring, motivating, whatever it may be. It could be I subscribe to many different uh, email newsletters, Uh, but I always have a book at my bedside. So reading. And then it's exercise. So for me, it could be just a few minutes of stretching, yoga in the morning. Maybe it's a HIIT workout, whatever it may be, get the blood pumping and flowing. A uh, stands for affirmation. So again, it's those I am statements or the mantras, uh, whatever that may be. And finally transcribe. So to journal and just, it could be three minutes. It could be Um, The holistic psychologist on Instagram, I freaking love her. And so she talks all about future self-journaling. And so it's writing in the present tense as if right now and being totally intentional for your day or for that week or whatever it may be. So just journaling, writing things out. What's one thing that you've learned from a woman in your life? Uh, My mom's pretty much my everything. So my mom, she is so kind and patient and grounded because she says I'm a bounce ball. I can be all over the place (laughs) and I do. I have a lot of energy and I I do. I chase the squirrel and, and the shiny object, but my mom, her big thing is always, it's all about love. And so anytime you're in a fearful state, you're in ego. So it's stepping back into love, stepping back into that calm centeredness.
1: So can you share a habit or a practice that has contributed to your success?
2: surrounding myself with like-minded people. And it was hard. I remember I came back from yoga teacher training and I realized from that, wow, I really, I needed to change my social circle. And I was no longer interested in getting bombed on weekends and then going through life's motions. And so it was hard because again, that's change and that's new and, and leaving what was known. But there are like-minded people out there. So to seek them through, maybe it's meetup groups or there's plenty, come on, there's plenty of Facebook groups and uh, whatever it may be, but surround yourself with people doing the things you want to do. Find a mentor, whatever it may be.
1: And it sounded like you did. You also did that through your mastermind group. Is that right?
2: Yes. I love that. And that was uh, through an online program we met and we've just continued on just the three of us since.
1: And, That's cool because a lot of people think it needs to be something formal or you need some expert to lead the way, but you can do it yourself.
2: For sure.
1: So what do you wish that every woman knew about confidence and overcoming obstacles?
2: You are far more capable than you give yourself credit for.
1: So good. I love that. How often do you read and can you recommend a book and share
2: why? Oh my gosh, you should see my (laughs) bookshelves. I love books. I'm Uh, My Amazon, if you look at passing, I'm always buying books. If I had a, I'm actually finishing Gabby Bernstein's super attractor right now. Um, that's just kind of the genre of books I like. So Gabby Bernstein, love her books. Jen Sincero, again, especially for this podcast, you are a badass. And she actually talks a lot from A Course in Miracles, which is a great book. It's kind of hard to read and comprehend. And so there's plenty of authors out there. Pam Grout is another one of my faves. Um, Go find them. What? Um, oh, Napoleon Hill. I know everybody knows him from Think and Grow Rich, but he actually wrote another book called Outwitting the Devil that will blow your mind. And so, yeah, so many books. I can't give just one.
1: <laughs> Great. I'll add those to the to the show notes. With that, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. And then you can share with how the audience can connect with you.
2: A tip. Well, you know what? That's funny. I just look over at my wall. To follow your heart. And so to get in a space where you can quiet the chatter, the monkey mind, the negative beliefs and connect to your heart center because that will guide you and lead you every step of the way.
0: Um, If
2: you, yeah, to connect with me, I'm on all the platforms. Again, my name is Heather Hakes. I'm on Instagram as heather.hakes. YouTube, my podcast is Mind Over Matter and my website's heatherhakes.com. Okay, great.
1: Heather, thank you so much for being on the show. You have been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Yes, and right back at you. (laughs) With that, we will end our show. And to all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. If you enjoyed this episode of the Ordinary to Badass podcast, I would love for you to head over to iTunes and leave a review. And then of course, screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram, at Ordinary to Badass. Also, before you go, remember, there is an Ordinary to Badass newsletter that comes out weekly, and you definitely want to be a part of it. There's some great information that is not covered in the podcast, and you can check it out at www.ordinarytobadass.com. Lastly, if you're looking for a like-minded community of badass women, We have that. Check out the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. You will love this group of women who are in the arena pursuing a life that they're passionate about, but supporting each other along the way. Can't wait for you to join us.
0: Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast. And submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinary to badass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.